0: This is our second session about how I pray, and I think how the psalmist prays, and how God wants us to pray about hindrances when we are reading the Bible. We saw the first one last time, the hindrance of lack of inclination, lack of desire. These four strategies for how to tackle the hindrances that we experience when we come to reading God's Word are summarized under the acronym I-O-U-S, incline, open, unite, and satisfy. And last time, incline my heart. If we don't want to read the Bible, we need to plead with God that He would give us a heart to want His testimonies more than we want selfish gain. Today, we focus on this one, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. We may want to read the Bible, start reading the Bible, and nothing's wonderful. It's all blank or boring or ho-hum. We're just not connecting with the wonders that we know are here. We don't see anything we would call wonderful or glorious. We're not moved by anything. What do we do if we're reading And it's like reading a barren newspaper, like an obituary or something. What we do is we plead, open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things. These are not just the eyes of your head. We'll see in a minute. This is the eyes of your heart. Something is wrong with the eyes of my heart when the Bible is not causing me to see wonders glorious things out of God's instruction or His law. So, Father, I pray that you would now open our eyes as we look at these texts. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go behind this text, Open My Eyes, That I May Behold Wondrous Things. That's the O in I-O-U-S. That's the one we remember. But here's the problem. Jeremiah 5.21 Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. So in the Old Testament, as today we will see, there is foolishness and senselessness even among God's people so that we have eyes in our heads but we don't see anything that's wonderful with our hearts. Here it is again in Ezekiel 12, Son of Man You dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. So this rebellion here is given as a ground for why we don't see. This is not a blindness that is caused externally This is a blindness that is rising up from within us because of our own sin. This is true even if you don't feel rebellious. Our hearts are by nature earthly and anti-God even when we don't feel anti-God. And the manifestation of that rebellion is a dullness because we have eyes and we don't see. Was still true in the days of Jesus in Matthew 13. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. So Jesus was dealing with the same problem that was true all throughout the Old Testament, that they had eyes in their heads, but the eyes of their hearts were not seeing. And he says he is now consigning them to a kind of judgment because he is intentionally giving them over to this blindness. He's speaking in ways because seeing they don't see. And so he's going to say things that are even harder to understand. They're going to be punished for their hardness with their hardness. God could turn this around, and He's sovereign to do it or not do it, Deuteronomy 29.4. But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. This is God's prerogative to take a rebellious people— and subdue their rebellion, and give them a heart, or give them eyes, or give them ears, or not. And since it's God's prerogative entirely to do this or not, therefore we cry to Him. Two more passages that are so crucial. This is how all of us got saved, because we are born with hearts that are dull, dull, blank, dead, disinterested in Christ, rebellious against God, don't have eyes to see, don't have ears to hear, don't have hearts to understand. So here's the description that and the remedy. In their case, the case of unbelievers, the God of this world has blinded. So the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. So in concert, with our own sinfulness, the God of this world exploits our sin and adds to our blindness to keep them from seeing, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Now, there's the wonders. Remember back here, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things. And so, here is The heart of those wonders, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We can't see them because we're blind. That's why people don't come to Christ. They don't see Christ as glorious, beautiful, self-authenticating, true, one of a kind. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And here comes the remedy. Oh, how glorious is this verse. For God, who said... Let light shine out of darkness. So, harking back to the day of creation when God said, let there be light, he does the same thing now in these blinded, dead hearts that are so demonically obscure or uh, darkened. God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. That's the miracle of new birth, conversion, Regeneration, changing from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. He has shown in our hearts to give the light, this light that we couldn't see, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now that is conversion. So you might say, well, if that happened at conversion, what's the problem? Well, why am I still struggling? Why aren't I seeing the the light of the knowledge of these wonders of the glory of God and the glory of Christ who is the image of God? Why aren't I seeing them? I'm a believer. This has happened to me. Yes, it has. You would have never put your faith in Christ if you hadn't seen something of this by the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's the illumining word from chapter 1 of Ephesians. Paul is praying for believers. Listen, now he prays for believers. I do do not cease to give thanks for you, you Ephesian believers, remembering you in my prayer. So he's praying. What does he pray for them? Here's what he prays. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, that's what he's praying for the believers, give you the spirit of wisdom. Now they have the spirit. But they don't have it always in the fullest possible measure to the fullest possible effect. It's not wrong to ask God to send the Holy Spirit or baptize you afresh with the Holy Spirit or fill you with the Holy Spirit as a believer. That's what Paul's doing here. May he give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he explains how that happens having the eyes of your hearts that's what's been blinded now that those eyes were opened at your conversion so that you could see Christ and for who he really is but paul knows that the experience of believers is that that clarity goes up and down so he prays for believers that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened made bright with truth and wondrous things. He mentions three of them. That you may know, know experientially, and know not just with dull head knowledge, but with experiential apprehension, grasping, know what is the hope to which you've been called. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. One, two, three glories. That's what we're talking about here. When I come to the Bible every day, I'm crying out against my second hindrance. My first hindrance is that I may wake up in the morning and not even want to read my Bible. If God answers the prayer, oh God, incline my heart to your word, my second hindrance is I'm not seeing anything in the Bible. I'm not seeing anything wonderful. And so I join the psalmist and say with prayer, crying out, open my eyes. And I mean the eyes of my heart so that this happens here in Ephesians. Oh God, enlighten the eyes of my heart. So Paul's praying for them, we pray for ourselves. Enlighten the eyes of my heart to know the greatness of my hope, to know the riches of my inheritance, to know the immeasurable greatness of your power. Make me experience these as I read my Bible.